when the replay official did not stop I, the game. I'm not going to comment on that. I'll get fined for the rest of my life if I get commented on that. We had a great belief in our locker room. We didn't have to do anything special, just be us. I was so proud of this team. We had so much fun, it ought to be illegal. Coach Carousel talk, is that something you just ignore? Yeah, yeah, you, you ignore because one week you're getting fired and the next week you're going to take another job and I'm worried about the darn SEC West Championship. And so, yes, to answer your question. I'm the man to go get it done with this staff, with this team, with this program. There's not anybody left standing after 2015. All right, I am. And I know what it takes. You build in together, you fight together, and you go find a way to get it done. That's iron sharpening iron. That's the way this thing's got to work, man. We got to know and understand that it's got to be about competition. We're coming. We're coming. And we ain't backing down. Welcome in to the latest episode of That SEC Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Breton. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter. And I'm joined, as always, by my cousin Shane, who goes by Big Orange Vols on Twitter. What are you up to, you big Tennessee homer? <laughs> hey, buddy. Guess he's going bowling, baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we know the Tennessee Vols, Shane. Your Vols finally going back to the postseason. We'll get to that in a moment. 2-0 in gambling. I mean, it was a good weekend, Mike. It was a good weekend. I mean, for, That's the for longest me. streak Cousin Shane has been on <laughs> on his lock of the week, I think, in his life. So watch out next weekend, Shane. We got, uh, we, we're going to get into these rivalry games here in a moment here. But uh, let's do our little review here of the Saturday action. We got to start with the best game of the weekend. Georgia defeated Texas A&M. You know, somewhat, I don't want to call this game a classic, Shane. It was 19-13, to 13, of course. Bulldogs you know, they had already clinched the SEC East, but, you know, Texas A&M, this game was kind of a back-and-forth defensive struggle for much of it till late in the fourth quarter. Texas A&M started heating up here, but, mm-hmm. man, another rough performance here from Jake Fromm. And, you know, I'm not trying to bury the young man because I, I did have a lot of Georgia fans kind of come at me saying, well, my God, it was a monsoon, you idiot. Can't you see? But... <laughs> You know, you flip over to the other side, Kellen Mon, I thought he had an outstanding game. Mm-hmm. I don't see how you can say, you know, the weather was affecting one guy and not the other. And, of course, uh, Jake Fromm started the game with the glove. That was kind of a big story. He had never had thrown with a glove in his Georgia career. I don't know if he's ever done it in high school, but he damn threw that glove in the trash pretty quick, Shane, because he started one for <laughs> seven. He had seven yards. I mean, it was, it was rough. He was sailing passes. He was missing guys. I don't know. It was, it was troubling, Shane. And while Jake Fromm did finish 11 of 23, 163, and a touchdown, no interceptions, you know, that's critical. He's really not turning the ball over outside of that South Carolina game. And Georgia's defense is playing at such a high level. It's, you know, I'm not saying, I'm not hitting the panic button here. I mean, my God, Georgia's going to be playing for the SEC championship in a couple weeks here when they face LSU. But my, I, I wanted to ask you this, Shane, because. You know, there was a ton of hype, Jake Fromm, coming into the year. And I'm not saying he's not living up to it because, you know, we know new system, new, mostly new receivers here. So there were some struggles to be expected. But we're 11 games into this thing, Shane. And, I mean, is there any difference in your mind between Jake Fromm as a freshman to this year? I mean, he seems like the damn same guy. And it, 
I don't know. I, I, this is just yeah. who Jake Fromm is at this point, I guess. I knew, you know, at the tail end of last season, he really caught fire, and it looked like he had taken a huge step. And, of course, you know, that translated into the SEC championship game. It looked, looked like a man possessed throwing the ball. But I don't, we've not seen that guy since, and that was a year ago. So my question to you, Shane, is this just who Jake Fromm is? Or, I don't know, are you putting it on these receivers, the new system? What What's your thoughts on all this? Yeah, I'm kind of with you, man. I mean, at first, you that's what you kept saying was, well, you know, these young receivers and these weapons, you know. I mean, you got – the facts are the facts. Georgia had a lot more weapons on the outside last year than they do this year. Mm-hmm. Now, they, I mean, it's young talent, but it's still it's still immature. But like you said, you know, we're we're eleven weeks. I mean, they're they're ten and one. They've had a fantastic season, but they should have progressed a lot more by now, I would think. And so then. I don't want to blame from, I want to start blaming coaching staff. Where's the development, you know, where's what, what, I am not impressed in this offense at all. You know, they're getting the victories. Yes. You know, I think Swift is one of the best damn running backs in the world. You know, I get that the offensive line is doing their part. The defense is fantastic, but this offense man is almost, unbearable to watch at times and you know i know coach comes out and he says this that you know they got a script a game plan they're trying to wear down the other team well you know that almost caught them in this game texas a&m had an opportunity to not only you know make this a better ball make it a ball game but they had a chance to win this thing there at the end Mm -hmm. and you know what's going to happen when you play a team like lsu they're not gonna you, you can't do that against you know, playing this style of offense. So I don't know, man. I'm really worried. I'm more worried about Georgia going into this, you know, into the postseason play than I was, you know, prior three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Now, we should note this, Shane. It's not like we're trying to bury Jake Fromm here. SEC Network had a terrific stat after this one, Shane. Jake Fromm, first quarterback in SEC history to win the division title the three years his first three years as a starting quarterback. So, you know, he is a huge part of Georgia's success. Let's not make a suggesting otherwise. I mean, he's been critical. He's he's beaten out a number of five-star quarterbacks. But, you know, just surprised at uh, how inconsistent he is one week or another. I saw a lot of Florida fans, you know, they were having some fun with it, just <laughs> yeah. tweeting out, my God, he's Joe Montana against us. And then <laughs> half the time he's just, he's just up and down. So, uh, even t- even Tennessee, man. There there was moments. Jake Jake shows why he's one of the best quarterbacks in the country. But then there's some, and I don't I don't I don't want to blame Jake because it just felt like you know, I don't know. It, it just it felt like he was off, like he was uncomfortable the entire game, you know. And Texas A and M, kudos to them, man. They brought it. They were they were not leaving anything on the field in this game. Um, you know, there's I, I'm. Talking about reading the clippings, man, I, I'm seeing a lot of upset Texas A&M fans thinking that they had a couple calls not go their way. And, you know, there was some questionable questionable outcomes in this thing. But, uh, you know, college football and the way this thing ends, you know, Georgia's happy they got the victory. But, boy, it was a, it was a nasty one at that. Yeah, and, it, you know, the news is obviously not all bad for Georgia, Shane, because, you know, if, if your main takeaway is – you know, what is wrong with this offense and Jake Fromm, I think, you know, equally as a big takeaway is just how how damn dominant this defense is right now. I mean, 
you know, I'm not sure they can win the SEC the way Jake Fromm's playing, but I will say, on the other hand, the way their defense, particularly that defensive line is playing right now, they're capable of winning the national championship. I mean, because Mm -hmm. that's how you win it. You win it in the trenches with a deep, talented, physical defensive line. And this is a Texas A&M team, Shane, that the last month of the season, they've been outstanding running the ball. They finished this damn game with minus one yard on the ground. Isaiah Spiller, I mean, he was just tearing into opponents recently. 11 carries, seven yards. I mean, they just got stuffed time and time again. Texas A&M had to abandon the running game. I mean, they it was just, you're just going up against a brick wall all the game. So yeah. while, you know, there were some questions on the offense, the defense, this is the best defense I've ever seen Georgia play under Kirby Smart. So if they can keep that up against LSU, I mean, they're going to make it a ball game. It, it may have to be a, you know, nine to six <laughs> stunner, but <laughs> this defense is going to keep them in it. Dude, this this I'm telling you, man. There was I was trying to figure out during that Auburn game. You know, I thought Georgia had the edge as, as far as the best defense in the nation. And I'm telling you, man, one thing that they have proved the Bulldogs week after week that this this defense is legit, man. And you know, granted they haven't they haven't had to play teams like you know Bama and. Uh, LSU yet? I, I'm I'm certainly curious how they're going to perform. I mean, you're, you're I mean, this SEC championship man is going to be unreal. It's going to be like the 1980s versus the 2019s. You know, it's just I, I I'm I'm really excited just to see how how this thing works, man. Uh, is Georgia going to be able to slow down LSU? And I don't want to get too far ahead, but uh, this defense. They've, they've just been impressive every t- every week, man. They're just impressive. Well, let's kick it over to Kirby Smart after the game, Shane, who, you know, one thing that he was kind of harping on, while his defense is playing lights out, you know, this is kind of a similar situation to that Auburn game you noted where the Tigers scored two touchdowns late, Texas A&M scored their touchdown late. Now, it – it seemed like every damn yard Texas A&M got in this game, they had to earn it. That's the way Georgia mm-hmm. was playing. But at the same time, you kind of see why Kirby Smart is saying, you know, our team's been tested. This is the last game of the SEC regular season. It looks like we're a little tired. It looks like we're a little beat up. So that's something to think about moving forward. I mean, it's not like they're going to get a ton of rest here with Georgia Tech before <laughs> LSU. So that's something to monitor. Uh, then there was a slight – Kirby says, I wouldn't call it a dust-up, but uh, DeAndre Swift, Shane, I mean, he was letting Jake Fromm have it here late in the game. Uh, Kirby Smart kind of gives us uh, his thoughts on what was going on there, on Jake Fromm's performance, and then uh, on DeAndre Swift and just George's outstanding running back just not getting enough respect nationally. Certainly does. It's, uh, It's an inability to put people away on both sides of the ball. Um, you feel like you control the momentum. You feel like you should be ahead further, and you're not. And then, you know, whether you get tight, whether you lose momentum, whether they hit a couple plays, you've got to take advantage of the opportunities you have earlier. You know, we had two or three possessions that were in field goal range that felt like we were out of field goal range before the possession was over. And uh, you can't do that and beat really good football teams. So we've got to improve. 
before that quick slam to Dom, there was that little dust up between Jake and, and DeAndre. What, what was going on? I wouldn't call it a dust up. I mean, it's just he's frustrated. You know, it's a situation where we, we don't run that play into a pressure from that side. They did a good job disguising it. We had told Jake to milk the clock. So when you milk the clock, you can't change the play. You milk the clock, you got to run the play. So it wasn't a great play into that. But it was, that's called passion. It's not dust up. That's love. When you have a family, your family don't always get along, right? But they love each other. And those two young men love each other as much as anybody. A little well, bit off, he left the game. Well, I mean, he made some back shoulder throws that were pretty special. I mean, he hit Kiaris, he hit Tyler, he hit George. He did some really good things. So concern is not there. I, w I want to get better. The kids want to get better. You know, everybody's like, well, what's wrong with the offense? Well, when the offense stays aggressive and we mix things up, we hit some inside runs, outside runs, you know, we're better. But we're also playing a stretch run of some, some pretty good defenses. And I know that defense hadn't played good all year, but they played good recently. And uh, I got a lot of respect for their defense and the way they played tonight. Kicking this game, is that something you picked up on film coming in? I didn't know that I was going to run it, but we were prepared for it. I mean, meaning we worked on it and we prepared it and we, we thought it was there and uh, it was. <laughs> and Rod hit a perfect kick. We just didn't execute it. It's frustrating because we worked really hard on that. And I'm one of those people that says, if it's there, you do it. And that's what you do. I don't think the guy gets enough credit. I mean, it, it, it just baffles me. I guess people, the expectation is that he's going to have 250 and 300. But I don't even know, like, who in the SEC is close to him in rushing yards? Like, what back out there is putting out 100-yard games against these caliber of defenses? I mean, it's crazy to me what he's been able to will himself to. He made two catches tonight, shoestring catch, Barely got his hands on ones. It was a huge conversion. And his, his passion comes out in the players. And I love him for it. I mean, I love him for it. I think he's, a, he's, a, he's been a tremendous competitor and he affects everybody around him. All right, Shane. So Kirby Smart wants everyone to recognize DeAndre Swift, another 100-yard performance. And this is going up against a Texas A&M defense that has been, you know, much improved towards the tail end of the season but once again I mean when Georgia needs a play even when Jake Fromm is struggling defenses know who's getting the ball but they just can't stop it DeAndre Swift not only led the team in rushing he he had the most catches with four of 29 so I mean my gosh Shane DeAndre Swift maybe he deserves a little bit more hype for the Heisman wouldn't you say yeah, I thought this would be more of a committee, man. I'm telling you, he's. Uh, I mean, there's a there's a stable of running backs down there at the University of Georgia, and and he's just he's just taking off. It's his it's his show. You know what I'm saying? So, without a doubt, this kid's going to be tearing it up. I was watching today, Chubb on the in the NFL, man, making a crazy run, and then you know you got Gurley. Next thing you know, it's going to be Swift playing on Sunday. So, won't be long. Just about every team in the NFL will have a Georgia running back. <laughs> Well, kicking over to the other side, Shea, Texas A&M, just another, you know, a missed opportunity, if you want to call it that, where the Aggies under Jimbo Fisher put up a great fight against a terrific team and just come up just short. And if I'm an Aggie fan, Shane, though, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a believer at all in these conspiracy theories and, you know, when these, I am. <laughs> when these refs have a bad game, I mean, it just seems like it's more magnified than ever. You know, they miss a call here or there, and we all see it. We all complain. We all wonder what's going on. But, you know, 100 plays in the damn game, we don't 
we don't really talk about the uh, 95 they get right. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. if I'm an Aggie fan, I'm still I'm shaking my head a lot of the calls in this one. And I couldn't help but think in the back of my mind, Shane, this SEC championship game is a little bit of a dud here if Georgia loses going into yeah. that one. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know, Shane. Oh. I mean, how pissed would you be if your team comes up just short and the only play, the only offensive touchdown Georgia scores, I mean, there was a clear foul on George Pickens. Uh, the last play on offense you get, you got your man, Weidenheimer, I believe it was, the tight end. A nice throw by Kellamon, but on replay, I mean, he, not only is he getting held, he's getting his arm pinned. He can't make the catch. Yep. Yeah, I mean, and those those were just a, those were the two most blatant calls, I thought, in the game that were missed. But, uh, I mean, how do you react to this if you're an Aggie fan? Dude, if I – let me put my Aggie hat on right now, all right? Mike, we just got screwed, okay, because – you're looking for that one win, man. You know, just like Jimbo. You, you've been close a lot of times. You, you're just looking for that signature win. And here you had an opportunity. And it just felt like every break went the other way. And like you said, it's hard not to feel like there's a little conspiracy. You know, that it, it felt like it was all one-sided, you know. Now, I know, I, again, I got my Aggie hat on. So, I, I'm, I'm looking at it from, from their vision. Like, when you saw the tight end getting hailed, that you know that should have been that should have been a flag. Didn't see it. When you see Pickens uh, grabbing the face mask, you know you you think that should be a foul, not a touchdown. But here we are. You know what I'm saying? So it, it, these little things, the fumble, even you know, I thought forward momentum stopped there for a second, and then all of a sudden it's stripped out. You know, so mm-hmm. I mean, there's things throughout this entire game. It'd be hard not to do that now but you usually hear people say it when it's the losing team you know (laughs) (laughs) you know i'm saying if you if if georgia would have lost this game you know maybe there were some things we missed from georgia you know that like uh, for instance the the guy doing the fake snap did you see that where he's clapping and and he made uh, Jake fumble that that, that snap. Mm-hmm. You know that that's illegal, and it didn't get caught. So I mean, there's you could say it on on any play or any game. There's going to be controversy. Period. I mean, it's, there's going to be human error. But oh, I'm with you, man. This was a this was a big game for Texas A&M. I don't think it wasn't a big game for Georgia. Obviously, it's going to sell more tickets in the SEC championship. But it was a bigger game for Texas A&M. They had an opportunity. Uh, to beat a top team. They had an opportunity to get that signature win, and it just felt like it was so close and it slipped right out of their hands. I mean, you held Georgia. They had one touchdown and, what, four or five field goals, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they did their job. It's just they just fell short. They couldn't do anything on offense. Well, let's kick it over to Jimbo Fisher, Shane, who kind of hit on the same point you're hitting there where, you know, the Aggies are so close, but they just can't seem to yet get over that hump. They're knocking at the door on his decision to punt the ball there after that uh, final incompletion. They never ended up getting the ball back on the questionable calls in this game. He didn't really want to get too much into that one. but And then finally on what he tells his team after a loss, very tough loss like this on the road. What does this one even in a loss say about your team's growth and development? I'm proud of this team. I know, listen, wins is where you ultimately got to get it to, but – 
our level to compete. We're growing. We're on pace to go where we want to go. We've got to get over that hump, and I've got to find a way to get us over that hump. That's my job. But I'm not distracted at all. I'm encouraged like heck crazy. I, I really am. And uh, they'd say, there's no more victories and nothing than that. But, man, there's some things there that are close. And once we – once we, and sometimes our guys get in situations they don't know they don't know. They ain't never been there. But once they learn it, man, because there's heart, there's soul, there's ability, there's intelligence, there's toughness. And uh, we're coming. It's all my – we're coming. Even though the defense was playing well, did you consider it all on fourth and 11 on the final drive going forward? In Not with five minutes because I thought we could pin them back and we had three timeouts. You know what I'm saying? With three timeouts, and if they don't get a first down, you're going to be able to keep timeouts. And if they did, and I knew we'd keep them inside the 10, and unfortunately that's the time they come out and made two first downs. I mean, because fourth and 11 there, I, I didn't think giving up the game at that point, the way the momentum of the game was going, the way we were moving it constantly, and the way our defense was playing was the time to do that. And they can give to them. They, they, got, they got the first downs. On their touchdown pass, did you see Renfro's mask get pulled, and did you get the explanation? I, can. I just asked, and that was, they said it was okay. And did you think that, that was still was he on that before the fumble? I don't know. They said he was gaining ground, and I thought he was getting open on the last one, too. But, hey, things happen, I guess. What do you say to your team when you go in the locker room after a game like this where you could legitimately say, hey, that was, the truth. That was there? The truth. That, that last 2% you've got to find. You know what you've got to find in that last 2%? And I'm not going to let that last 2% happen. At the end of the day. That's what it gets down to. I mean, I, and it's not that they don't want to, but there's more in you and there's stuff there that to, to be and play with these elite people and play at that high level, which this team can do and we'll get to. There's a part of it you got to learn how to do. There's, there's so many, these games, man, I mean, you got to leave it all out there. And they do, but there's even more things you can, and it, sometimes it gets, you know what it gets down to? I've had enough. I don't want it anymore. I'm going to find a way to get it done. I'm going to find a way to grind it out. And they want to, but you, gotta, you don't realize how hard playing these really good teams and these really good environments it is, how hard you've got to push and grind. And, and sometimes you don't even think you can get it there. But just you've got to believe and have faith and you've got to go. And, that's when you get, and then when you get over, you start understanding how to manage those situations. And that's where we're growing and growing. And that's, that's got me encouraged. It's also got me, you know, I, I, I told our guys, I'm not disappointed in anything about them. I love them. But we all get together, got to find that 2% and get to the top. That's the hard, that's always where most people die climbing the mountain, isn't it? Is the top of it. You got to get there. You got to learn how to get there. Now I got to educate, and they're, they're doing a good job of it, and I got to do a better job of educating them. All right, Shane, so there you got it from Jimbo. And, you know, one thing we have yet to mention from this game, I, you know, got to give a ton of credit to Kellen Mond, who, you know, with no running game whatsoever in this game, you know, the game plan quickly shifted to, you know, she's putting it on his shoulders, and I thought he had a hell of a game, 25 of 42, 275 and a touchdown, and it's even more difficult when they know that's all you got that you can do. So, <laughs> I mean, Kellen Mond's stats this season are not going to be comparable whatsoever to guys like Tua and Joe Burrow and all these guys that are lighting up the uh, scoreboards around college football, but he's just as important to Texas A&M's success as the rest of them in I uh, just want that to go noticed. So thoughts on uh, what uh, Fisher had to say on where do, where does Texas A&M go from here, Shane? Because now they got another road trip at LSU, number one team in the nation. And we're, we're going to get to some LSU here in a minute. But, damn, these boys are fired up to welcome Texas A&M. This, this could be a damn <laughs> onslaught if Texas A&M does not play, you know, as, as well as they can. But, you know, something he's talked about, and, and I think kind of gets – blown out of proportion sometimes is is moral victories um 
I hate I hate that term, <laughs> but it, you know th- I think there are moments in season sometimes where your team maybe not a moral victory but does a lot of growing up, you know, and it feels like that this young ball club is continuing to get better every week, and it, it feels like they've been doing that since Bama, you know they 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 they. they sputtered a little bit against Ole Miss, but it just seems like after that, week after week, they're just they're moving in the right direction. Here we got a ball game, you know, the uh, number top five team in the nation, and they, they went toe-to-toe with them. And so, yes, they've got another one. But, you know, this team's used to playing first and second-ranked teams. You know what I'm saying? This isn't – this game won't be too big, but – I think that this Texas A&M team's a lot better now than they were week one, you know, which which makes them scarier every week that they come out because these, this young talent's just getting better. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of another team that's getting better, Shane, let's jump up to Columbia, Missouri, <laughs> where Tennessee took care of business, Shane, went on the road. This team continues to show progress particularly away from Neyland Stadium. Tennessee comes away with a 24-20 to win. I tried to tell you, Shane, the wrong team favored by four in this matchup. Mm-hmm. Jared Garantano, man, what a redemption story here. 415 passing yards. He's one of only Tyler Bray and Peyton Manning, Shane, have ever thrown for 400 or more yards in a Tennessee football game. He now is right <laughs> alongside those two in at least that category, Shane. Uh, and then, of course, uh, you know, I think the big story, Tennessee's offense, Josh Palmer, Marquez Callaway, Jawan Jennings, all went over 100 yards receiving. That's never been done, three 100-yard receivers in a single game. And once uh, Missouri, you know, they already were banged up in the secondary, but uh, once they suffered an, an extra injury, I mean, it was all she wrote for their secondary I mean, they they tried. They they did everything they could to limit these receivers. They were trying to kill them. They were trying to hold them. Uh, but at the end of the day, I mean, it was just too much Tennessee's offense was for Missouri. And, you know, on the other, on the flip side of this matchup, man, I just feel bad for Kelly Bryant because he's clearly injured. He's, yeah. he's not playing at 100%, but he continues to gut it out for these guys. And, you know, I'm sure there's been plenty of people calling out his character when he left Clemson, but, you know, all his actions at Missouri, I don't think there's going to be – Anyone that says anything bad about Kelly Bryant when he leaves this place, I mean, he's out there. He looks like he's about 70%. He can't even run that well, and he's still running the ball. He's he's doing everything mm-hmm. he can for Missouri. He, he damn near had him, you know, win this game. Uh, thoughts on this one, Shane, and uh, how, how puckered up did you get when old uh, Tim <laughs> Jordan fumbled there? I mean, Tennessee looked like they were going to close this thing out, and then just like Kentucky game, Shane, they coughed it up right in a critical situation, and – kind of gave that late momentum right back to Missouri. Dude, if you didn't watch this game and you just looked at a box score, you would think Tennessee would have won this thing by three touchdowns. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It was, yes, they, they owned the statistics. Uh, The, the receivers were always getting open. The, the running game was even going. I mean, there was just, I mean, the offense was just a machine at times but Missouri found a way to kind of stay in there. And whether it was a fumble, a crucial fumble, or whether it was two blocked field goals, I mean, it was just one thing after another. We just, it felt like Tennessee did everything they could to let Missouri stay in this thing. But I'm telling you right now, 
Tennessee is is I, they're night and day from week one, man. You know, I I don't I know they don't give away most improved trophies in this league, but <laughs> I'm telling you, to go from what we saw going one and four. And, you know, to what we're seeing today, it is night and day. Uh, uh, kudos to the coaching staff. Kudos to the players buying in because it really does feel like they're a team. Now, on the opposite side of this ball, Mike, I have not seen an offensive production like this. I, I mean, it just blows my mind that this is the same damn team that I saw in spring, man. I mean, when I watched them play spring game and, and going into the season, I thought I thought Missouri was going to be one of the most dominant offenses in the country. I mean, they've got them a quarterback. They've got speed at running back. they got a receiver. they got the greatest tight end, which, granted, he didn't play during this game, but I don't think it would have mattered, man. This, this – I – I don't know if it's the play calling or the talent or what. Uh, I want to blame the the play calling, and I've already seen Dooley's name getting floated around <laughs> like he's on a short list. You know, like they're surprised, you know, that he was even at practice. So <laughs> I I think they're going to have to make some change. If not, it's going to be Odom, man, because you know he has improved his record every year except this year, but. You got to remember, this is a team that came out of the gate five and one. Man, have they lost? Is that right? Five and one. They've lost five games now in a row. Yeah. So, 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 so if they were giving out trophies for the least improved, <laughs> guess who's getting it? It's freaking Odom. I this team is night and day from week two. You know. And I've heard from a lot of Missouri fans that are pretty pissed at Odom. You kind of hit on Derek Dooley there. He's been in the box his entire offensive coordinator career which is <laughs> admittedly not that long just last season in this one but came down to the field for this game I think he's uh-huh. you know he's trying to shake things up it didn't clearly didn't work here and I think a lot of that's got to do obviously with Kelly Bryant being limited but I think the main thing kind of hit on this before this game was just Missouri's inability to run the ball and they still yeah. they couldn't do it in this one either despite uh-huh. Tennessee's you know defense kind of banged up Apparently, uh, Henry Toa Toa, he's only got one knee now, but my, my God, he's out there making plays still, isn't he? And, uh, what about that? They, <laughs> they came out and they, they, of course, the zoom in, the ca- I'll tell you, these these damn commentators and camera angles are getting ridiculous. Just because Garrett Tano's got a wrap on his rip don't mean we got to zoom in to his, his lower extreme remedies you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. and then you go over and it's like toe toe is like yeah he, he dislocated his knee during the kentucky game but he came back in later and i'm like what the hell you know <laughs> i blew my knee out you know i was out for three weeks i had like i said family coming over and visiting <laughs> <laughs> he didn't miss a quarter you know so He's tough, man. This is a tough ball club, and and uh, given everything they got, so it was a it was a it was a frustrating, fun game. Depending on what side you're on, um, how do you feel? I mean, I, I think Odom's safe mm-hmm. as far as job security, but what do they do, man? I mean, where do they go from here? They, I mean, they still not. I know they they haven't got cleared for bowl eligibility, but. 
Dude, they're they're down to a last game between a, a, an Arkansas team that they got to win to even make that. I mean, what, where do they go from here, man? Yeah, that's such a tough one, Shane, because just a few weeks ago, I mean, I thought, you know, there's no way you can move on from this guy, but, you know, he's one of the lowest paid coaches in the SEC. And it's not like he's the worst by any means, but it, the thing that's really helped him in his career is he's always been – a hot finish, you know. He he leads Missouri's to the to consecutive victories towards the end of the season. But now he's flip flopped that thing. I mean, he start, but and he always uh, starts slow. <laughs> so now <laughs> now he got off to a hot start, and, and they're just crumbling here on the back end. You know, Jim Sturrock came out. Uh, he was asked about Barry Odom leading up to this game, and it was just a it was a damn. We it was not a vote of confidence by any means. But basically said. We support our football program. He's a part of the football program. Let, let's see how we do. It's like, I don't know what the hell you read into that. But, yeah, it, it's interesting, Shane, because Missouri is just – I don't think they're one to this just going to, you know, recruit the, the the upper echelon free agent coaches. So, I mean, who are you – I don't know. Who are you replacing if you're getting them? You know what I mean? So you, you're going to get a, like a mid-major type guy. They'd like to have guy. Matt Rule back, you know. <laughs> oh. I mean, I could even—I don't even think they could get a guy like that at this point, you know. But no. uh, yeah, I think you kind of give him—I don't want to say a pass because that's not the right word, but yeah, I think the sanctions just gutted this team. You know what I mean? For whatever reason, I don't know. His defense is looking a lot better. I don't know. I don't know if the defense is looking better. I was willing to say that going into this game, but you just gave up three 100 receivers to Jarrett Garantano Mm -hmm. and nothing against Garantano, but it's, he's not John freaking Elway. You know what I'm saying? Right. But they made him look that, I mean, and maybe he is, maybe, maybe I'm, I'm not giving Jarrett enough credit because, or Cheney, maybe it's just play calling. You know what I'm saying? It's just, I don't know. Missouri did not have an answer. And Missouri, I always thought had a great secondary Mm -hmm. and man, we could do anything we want out there. I mean, I, I was not scared. I was, I was I was hoping that on third down we're trying to run the clock out that I'm hoping that Jarrett throws the damn ball. That's just I just had that much confidence and uh, and it it was always there. So I don't know. I, I'm a little worried about him because Barry has always been a defensive guy and it just felt like yeah they were doing better, but then when they you know they they just got shell shocked this week and then their offense. I mean I don't know. Some of the play calling, some of the just the total breakdowns. It was just I don't know. They looked really bad at times. Some of uh, some of the worst offensive play calling I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Well, Shane, you talk about Tennessee being the most improved team in the SEC. Fair to say, Jerry Garantano, the most improved player from what we've seen in the beginning of the season towards the tail end of the season. I mean, there's no no question now. He's the starting quarterback. They finally figured that out, game 11. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, yeah, it, it, it just to, seems I, like the entire team's rallied around him. And here we go, SEC Network showing the worst play of his damn life. I don't know why they decided to open the yeah. game with that, but uh, I thought that was kind of uncalled for. Yeah, they, want, they, they love talking about that Alabama game and – I don't know. I, I'm tired. It feels like I've had this uh, this Aaron or what's his name? Not Aaron, but yeah, no, uh, Jordan. Uh-huh. Feels like he's he's been commentating every damn Tennessee game this year, you know. <laughs> and it's like he just 
figured out how to say Garantano and he just can't wait to say it again, you know, and he says it a hundred times and, oh man, it was, I, I'm, I'm over the, the, I mean, it's just, you know, he made mistakes early in the season. Yes. You know, he's moved on, but let's talk about what he's done the last three or four weeks. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's impressive. And trust me, I would, I, I damn kicked him off the team twice this year. If you listen to me, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm willing to say I made a mistake. Uh, he's playing lights out. So, yes, I would say he's he's definitely in the running for uh, best improved player this year. And uh, this whole team is just – I mean, they're bowl eligible. They got where they want. And Missouri still has a shot. You know, they got to win next week, but they're bowl eligible too. So, it's just not turned out the way they had planned. The schedule was lined up to be – I mean, that schedule, if they would have played – Decent ball, not not flawless, just decent ball. They could have easily had a a nine eight nine win season. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. it just felt like they've let a few of these games slip right through their fingers. And they just they just weren't prepared for Tennessee. Well, Shane, let's kick it over to Jeremy Pruitt. To I thought this was the most you know open and honest Jeremy Pruitt we've seen in one of these pressers in quite a while. Uh, Pierce Pruitt on the growth of this football team, on Jarrett Garantano on his outstanding receivers, and then on Tennessee finally making a bowl game and uh, it was kind of the turning point of the season was that uh, Florida loss, that humiliating loss down in Gainesville. You know, this season didn't start off the way we anticipated, but uh, with their leadership, the, the leadership of our assistant coaches, um, you know, just, just kind of helping this team grow. You know, this is why you get into coaching. Um, is to watch a team become a team. You know, you got 125 guys on the team and a bunch of individuals, a bunch of, uh, you know, everybody has all these dreams of what's going to happen as the season starts. And, um, you know, it didn't happen that way for us. And a lot of that was self-inflicting on us and falls back on me. But these guys stuck together, uh, everybody in our organization, um, you know, and, it, and it's hard to do this day and time, you know, with, with – um, all the noise and clutter that's out there, but these guys did that. Um, and it says a lot about who they are, about the character, who raised them, um, and it says a whole lot about the future of our program. Um, you know, we have a very young football team, um, and these guys are learning how to win, uh, which is one of the most important things uh, that you can do as a, you know, Jarrett's played pretty well the last four weeks, five weeks, uh, you know, so. You know, he, he, he probably has the best understanding of our offense. Uh, one, probably because he's the oldest, uh, has more experience. Um, when you play against these guys, the different looks they give you, you're going to have to check the runs at the line of scrimmage. Uh, and he absolutely gives us the best opportunity to do that right now. And, you know, and hey, we got confidence in him. You know, the guy's played good. Um, he's, got, he's got everything you want in, to, to be a good quarterback, you know. Uh, and, you know, tonight was by far and away his best game, you know. Um, so uh, he done he done a really nice job, made some good throws. Uh, probably a couple, you know, he'd like to have back. But, you know, but he done a nice job. And receivers went and got the ball for him, too. And let me tell you, they made some tough catches. Missouri done a nice job guarding them back there. They, um, they I, I think all three of them, uh, know that they've been in a physical game. They they caught balls across the middle. Think about the catches that they made going across the middle. Anybody can catch it running to the sideline. Air guys, they made all the catches tonight. 
I'm excited for our players, um, you know, especially our seniors. It's a goal that, you know, when we come in after the Florida game, um, you know, that we said, hey, we're, we're sitting there one and four. Uh, we're going to make a bow. Um, and and how we gonna how we gonna do it, you know? So, uh, kind of had one of those meetings where everybody sets down and airs things out, and you know, um, and our guys, you know, tried to. They, I guess what they backed up what they said they were gonna do, you know. Um, so I think it's great for our program, um, you know, to get the extra practices. Um, I think it'll be great in recruiting. Um, I'm excited to, to, that our season's extended just, you know, because I like being around these guys, uh, you know. So um, it, it's a huge deal. Well, you know, at the stadium in, in uh, Gainesville, you know, I was pretty direct with them. You know, I wasn't very happy uh, with the way we played that day. We were better than that. Um, you're only as good as what you put on the field. I was frustrated. Um, so... I had a chance to think about it on the on the plane ride back. I'm sure that the players thought about, uh, you know, what we talked about in the locker room. Uh, and then I wanted to share another message with them. You know, when we got back, the fact that I believed in them, you know, that, uh, you know, we're better than what we're showing. Um, and and I wanted to lay out a way that we could get, get to this point. And, and we've done that. All right, Shane, so – what was your reaction to just hearing Pruitt here? Who, you know, it seems like he. It seems like he generally. You know, you you see, you, he he came with a reputation as being a players' coach, and now I think Tennessee is clearly getting an idea, a window into what that means. And I mean, this team has taken the identity of Coach Pruitt, and it just seems like, uh, you know, they're they're gelling at the perfect time. You know, it's weird. It's funny you say that because I've always heard Pruitt as a player's coach. But you remember <clears throat> they came out uh, start of the season talking about coach having a hard time bonding with the team. You know, because you got to remember most of the players on that team weren't guys he recruited, weren't guys he was around the entire time. And you know, it does feel like he's is not so distant the more games we get in, if that makes sense. It just feels like, you know, like this team's been through some stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like they've done a lot of growing up together, and it feels like they all bought bought in because, you know, Pruitt, I don't know. To say he's a player's coach, I don't know if he was going into this season, but I think he is now. You know, I think the players realize that he's got their back, and he's got theirs, you know. Mm-hmm. Last thing on the vault, Shane. Do you mm-hmm. get your bathing suit ready for bowl season? Oh, baby, I'm ready. <laughs> Where are we going, Jacksonville? <laughs> That's what Dobbs said. So, what? And he's like a rocket engineer. So I'll go wherever he says. <laughs> All right, Shane. Let's kick it down to Baton Rouge, where LSU won big, but they didn't cover. Lock of the week times two there. 56 to 20 over the Razorbacks. You know, everyone is expecting LSU to roll, and they did. But, uh, you know, you got to credit Arkansas here, Shane, for, you know, they came out strong and they closed strong, 
everything in the middle was kind of uh <laughs> it was a, that was about as as you'd expect but uh Joe Burrow another outstanding day I mean at this point he's just padding his Heisman stats Shay 23 of 28 327 through the air three touchdowns no interceptions and then your guy Shane Clyde Edwards Hilaire the Clydesdale yeah only had six <laughs> this is one of the damn craziest stat lines you're going to see all season Shane six carries 188 yards three touchdowns Led the Reminds team. me of me in high school. <laughs> <laughs> and added on, he had seven catches for 65. I mean, uh, it's I hate to say it, Shane, but once again, you were the first one on the Clydesdale bandwagon, and, I mean, that paid off big time for you. I, I love this kid. He is, he is just, I don't know. Like, I love fantasy football, and when I watched him, I was like, man, I wish he was on my fantasy team, you know? Not only can he run, and he's just so – He's so decisive and quick, and, you know, he's got a short stature, but, man, when he decides to go somewhere, he hits the hole running. But then he's also got those soft hands. Now, I'm not trying to come on to old Clydesdale, but he is one of the best running backs I've I've seen in a long time. Just versatile. You know, he can do everything. So that's what I like about him. I also – now, Arkansas, you know, I, there was flashes. You know, they, they – they kept this game pretty close there at first, you know, but you felt like it was going to give in at any moment. And when it did, these boys just couldn't keep up with LSU. And Yeah, it was 7-6 uh, to six in the second yeah. quarter. Next thing I know, it's 56-6. to six. <laughs> I was feeling good about the bet, you know, because I got $100 on this game. And uh, it, it, I just, I don't know. It, when it was there, I was like, oh, yeah, we'll be fine. You know, they ain't going to score 40 points and a half. And then, dude, when they opened up there at the end of the second half, it was like, man, two, and like, no joke, like two minutes, they had two scores. And I was like, oh, I mean, that's just, that's the type <laughs> of LSU, that's the type of offense they have, man. When they decide to go, when they, when this thing's a, uh, when it's a full go, they could score at any time. At any part of the field, you know, it's just unreal how efficient and exciting this offense is. I, uh, you know, I just, I hate it for Arkansas because they've been through a whole lot and without, uh, you know, Morris there now, it, it felt like, I don't know, you kind of, there's a soft spot for you, you know, you're kind of pulling for them and, and uh, you just hate that they had to draw the number one team in the nation and, and uh, they really did give everything they have. Have you heard anything about KJ? Yeah, so it looks like he got a concussion. So his status kind of up in the air for Friday's game against Missouri. Uh, we'll get to Barry Lunny talks about that in a second, Shane. But you talk about LSU's quick strike scoring offense, Shane. So here's a perfect example. So when Arkansas cut it to 7-6, to six, it was a 10-play drive. They went 32 yards, and it took over five minutes. And then here's LSU. They scored all – these are all touchdown drives. Two minutes, touchdown. Two minutes, five seconds, touchdown. 97 <laughs> seconds, touchdown. 43 seconds, touchdown. Nine seconds, touchdown. 14 seconds, touchdown. <laughs> like, Jeez Louise. I mean, yeah. what, what, there's nothing you can do when they start doing that. No. It's just it's – like it's like a give up. But, you know, credit the Razorbacks because they didn't give up, Shane. They kept fighting. And I think that's, uh, you know, that's a credit to these coaches and these players. And they got a lot of young talent here and they got overwhelmed, but they kept fighting. And that's pretty much all you could ask for going into this one. How, how excited were you to see that 56-yard onside kick? 
<laughs> I was like, how many degenerate gamblers are watching this game and excited about that onside kick? Because, you know, that spread, I didn't think that LSU have a chance, but there at the end, man, I was really sweating bullets there. And uh, kudos to Arkansas hanging in there. So we, we finally got our – we got another lock of the week down, uh, 2-0, and o, baby. It's just nice. It's just nice having money. I like collecting. I hate donating. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm going to start this streak. I don't. I don't want to be the Grim Reaper anymore. I want to be uh, the Midas Touch guy. You know. I got you. Well, let's kick it over here, Shane, to Arkansas interim coach Barry Lunny Jr., who talked about KJ Jefferson. Says he's in the con- uh, concussion protocol on the team, uh, learning from their mistakes, and then uh, on his first game as a head coach, and looking forward to this uh, Little Rock game. That's you know the bowl game now for the Razorbacks. KJ Jefferson, what's his status? Well, KJ's going to be evaluated for concussion. Um, I haven't heard for sure exactly where that's at, but that's that's his situation. I just think he played. Well, I thought I thought he he showed some signs of. He's very talented. There's no doubt about that. Very talented. I mean, this is a tough tough task to put a, a true freshman on the road against a team this quality in this environment. But we felt uh, very strongly that his. Ability to read and do the uh, some zone read and some power read and uh, the quarterback run uh, was going to maximize our opportunity to be able to stay on the field and move the ball a little bit. And he's been throwing the ball, and he's just gotten better and better during practice. I thought he did some good things and, he, and probably made some freshman mistakes that were predictable or that you know you could probably see coming that probably uh, won't happen again. You know, obviously there was a couple situations that you know he lost maybe some awareness on where he was on the on the field and down a distance situation. We had to do a better job of emphasizing that. But uh, he competed hard. He, I think he was kind of a microcosm of our football team. He, he competed hard. We, he did the things we asked him to do. And we just didn't have enough uh, gas in our tank to stay with these guys for four quarters. Just, you said it went fast. What was it like for you? Um, you know, I mean, it was different. But it, it wasn't that much different, you know, for me as far as just, I mean, I've been on that sideline. I've been in this stadium. You know, this is, my, I think, my sixth or seventh time here. And, um, you know, it, I enjoyed it, uh, especially early on. I didn't enjoy very much the middle part of it. But I enjoyed seeing our guys. You know, at the end of the day, you're getting coaching for the players, right? You don't get in coaching um, for you to coach the game. You, the joy comes from seeing the guys that you coach uh, excel. And... and I had my time, you know, I had my time as a player. It wasn't all a bed of roses, but I had my moments and my time. And you coach, and one of the reasons I love coaching here is I get an opportunity to help give those guys those moments, those memories. We came up short of that today, okay? So now I'm turning my focus to giving them a memory in Little Rock where I have a lot of those. And um, I want them to have that, to capture that in their hearts when they leave. I want them to have a moment in in a game that people talk about, that people remember. And we're going to need everybody's help doing that. And I know that's going to be a challenge for us. You know, we haven't done much to give our, our fans, you know, that, that encouragement, you know, that win, that feather in their cap lately. But I know our people, I know our state's proud, and they're proud of their Razorbacks. And I sat in many a stadium watching in War Memorial Stadium many times, watching as a spectator, and obviously some of my greatest memories are as a player are in that stadium, and we're going to need them. We're going to need them to show up 
and to come inside. That's what we're going to need. And, and what I'm going to need to do and our staff's going to need to do, do is deliver a team that when they whirl out between inside that stadium, that they play like Razorbacks. That's going to be my job. And if we can do that together, if they, they do theirs and we do ours, we can make Friday afternoon really special on Memorial. I believe that. Special as it can be considering the circumstances. And I know it's going to be preached and talked about and reemphasized on my end and our end, how special a place that is and how important it is for us to play well there. And I'm excited about it already. All right, Shane. So I just really liked uh, the way this guy's approach, you know, mixing it up, going with K.J. Jefferson. I thought that was a genius move. And, you know, I thought K.J. Jefferson looked pretty solid here coming out of the gate. Uh, but now Arkansas, yeah, they're not, they're not going to be favored against Missouri or anything. But, you know, we hit on the Tigers. They're really struggling. How much would it mean for Arkansas and uh, all these players – Go out with a win, War Memorial Stadium. I don't know. That doesn't vindicate what's happened all season, but at least to give them something positive going into the offseason. Yeah. No, I'm trying to come. It feels like they made a movie like this once, you know, and it's just, I don't know. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm just making the movie up in my head, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but it felt like, you know, it just feels like a movie, you know. These guys have been through a lot. This locker room has been through a lot, has been divided. Now they're, you know, they're united and you've got seniors on here. This is the last time that they'll ever play football. And, you know, it, it means a lot. And I, I, I love the fact that coach has so much history with Arkansas. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. He, he knows, he knows what this means. Like he knows what this environment and what this fan base and, uh, you know, it's just, I don't know. It just feels like it could be a storybook ending. And, and and do we see it? I don't know. I, I think it, it's going to be down to quarterback play, obviously. But I'm a little worried, man. KJ's, you know, he hasn't got to complete a game in the last three. You know what I'm saying? He's getting hurt, it seems like, every time he's out there. So um, that's where we got to start. And, you know, just rally behind your coach, man, and see what happens. Mm-hmm. Now, on the flip side, Shane, we can talk up what's going on in Fayetteville, but Coach O's not having any of that. I mean, he said they're not even damn celebrating a win over Arkansas. And so let's kick it over to Coach O, who talks about that on the, the Clydesdale, what an outstanding performance he had. And then finally, like I was hitting at there, Shane, LSU is eyeing that Texas A&M game and looking for some revenge. starting to learn how to hit the holes. Uh, this spread offense fits in well. He's perfect for it. It creates uh, always a gap short up front. They're trying to cover our receivers and, and the offensive line is doing a great job, but he knows where that hole is. And usually the first guy can't tackle him. He's doing a tremendous job. When, back to Clyde, when he was running by you on that 89-yard run <laughs> and DB was closing on him, do you remember what you saw or did you ex- what you expected? Do you think he would get caught? Do you think he would? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I got to tell you all the truth here, okay? <laughs> that play, uh, when they went in, I said, hey guys, don't y'all think it's time to get Clyde out? And they said, just one more play, coach. And they felt like they were going to make a big play, and that was that one play, so I'm glad we didn't take him out. And 
How proud are you that you represent the West? You know, it's uh, it's it's not done yet. We're not done yet, and uh, we're not going to talk about that. And obviously, it's a goal of ours, but we have bigger goals, and uh, we'll talk about that next week. Uh, we're not finished SEC play, so we're just focusing in on Texas A&M next week. Coach, can take one more. Your question? team not celebrating on the field at the end there—that starts with your leaders in terms of yeah. not being satisfied. No, that's right. We we uh, there was going to be not. Too much of a celebration to beat Arkansas. They haven't beaten anybody in a long time. So uh, we're supposed to win that football game. <laughs> and I'm going to touch that now. But the West, I guess. Do you think there'll be any high emotion to guard against Texas A&M next week? What's that? Do you think there'll be any high emotions to guard against? No question. There's no question about that. It's going to be on. <laughs> because of last year specifically in the way What's that? that include the head coach being? No question. No question. I'll never forget that game last year. We're going to be ready. Is that as upset as you've ever been after a game before? Uh, I, don't know about, I don't know about that, but I just, you know, if that's over, uh, there's nothing we can do at the end of the game. We felt helpless, but there's something we can do about this week. All right, Shane, so we don't have the clips here, but, you know, in addition to Coach O, Joe Burrow, uh, Clyde edwards Hilaire, similar statements in their post-game comments here. I mean, how fired up. I think this is perfect for LSU. You know, you, you've basically got a, play, a playoff spot locked down. I think you could, you could lose to Texas A&M. It doesn't even hurt you. It obviously doesn't hurt you in the SEC. I mean, you, you've locked up the West. This is a coach's worst nightmare. You know, the last game, nothing to play for. Mm-hmm. But it's the perfect storm for Coach O because they got every damn thing to play for. They just want yeah. to put a whooping on Texas A&M for last year's game and all the bad blood that followed. I, I mean, I'm, I'm concerned for the Aggies at this point. <laughs> I, I am too. I mean, honestly, they're not going to hold anything back. You know that that premature Gator bath, Gatorade bath that Coach O took last year. Mm-hmm. You know, he's there's been plenty of sleepless nights thinking about what went wrong in those overtimes. You know what I'm saying? So I get what he's saying when he's saying that we're not going to celebrate this game. Uh, I think that he probably had a little bit of ether still going through his veins, you know, when he came (laughs) out and said it. And it didn't come out as smooth as he thought it would. Um, But the the fact of the matter is Coach O's had this one circled for a little bit. You know, he's ready. LSU's ready. And – and I think I honestly I think Texas A&M Jimbo I think all of them gonna be ready I think they're disappointed they lost this game but they know that it can all be corrected that this season can be salvaged not that it's it's going in the wrong way but if they take down the number one team in the nation you know what I'm saying so this is this week not just this game dude all across the board is going to be an absolute brawl man it is. It's already started. It's hate week, son, and I'm looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. Now, the other games of the week, Shane, I mean, they're not even worth damn talking about. These were just beatdowns, but just we'll run down the scores here. Kentucky, 50, UT Martin, 7. The Wildcats actually scored twice on defense the first first two possessions for UT Martin. <laughs> Did uh, you see that? I mean, it just over – over his head, like the first play, I was like, holy shit, these guys are <laughs> in for it. <laughs> 
<laughs> Kentucky didn't let up. They had like 900 yards rushing. So, yeah, that one wasn't a that wasn't a close one. Vanderbilt beat ETSU. Shame. Derek Mason saved his job, 38 to zero. I mean, this was a damn laugh. Even uh, O'Reilly Neal, he looked like all SEC in this one. Mississippi <laughs> State they won 45 to seven over Abilene Christian, mm-hmm. but it was actually seven to zero. At the end of the first quarter, people were freaking out. Shane, Joe must go at that point. <laughs> Alabama 66, Western Carolina 3. I think this is the most points Alabama scored in like three seasons. So, Hey, did you see Baby Tua get a touchdown? Yeah, he got first, his first touchdown. There you go. <laughs> and then last but not least, Samford went down in a stunner. Shane to Auburn 52 to nothing. <laughs> I mean, my God, I, it was hard to watch these damn games. I'm not going to lie. Oh, it was it was a miserable week. You know, and that's what they do. They make you see all these miserable games, and then they bring in rivalry week, you know. So it's just going to make you appreciate football that much more. It's the final season, Mike, or final uh, uh, regular season week. So mm-hmm. I, I'm excited. I'm pumped up, man. Well, sure, we've already done the lines here for this week. You know, we did that last weekend, but uh, the official, if you want to call that, opening lines came out. So I'm going to just run down these real quick here. And uh, we'll start on the Thanksgiving Egg Bowl game, of course. And remember when we did these lines earlier, Shane, Mississippi State was favored, right? Mm -hmm. In the new opening lines, Ole Miss favored by one at Mississippi State. Now, I should note, that line quickly shifted, so this is going to be a crazy one. So Mississippi State is now the betting favorite, but at opening, Ole Miss was favored by one. Mississippi State favored by two at this point. Mm. That, I think that's just an indication of where this thing is, Shane. This is a 50-50 toss-up, and it's going to be a damn war. <laughs> Missouri, this is the Friday game at Arkansas. And keep in mind, this game's at Little Rock. This is the the... the Every other year, they're going to Little Rock now. Mm-hmm. Missouri favored by 13 and a half. Louisville at Kentucky. Kentucky favored by four. And, <laughs> <laughs> and we got a little clip for this one, Shay. This was uh, too good not to share. Lim Bowden, well, he does not say the L word. It was robbery week, so it's going to be a lot of hooting and hollering going on this week. What's the Louisville game mean to a guy who's not? You said what? What's the Louisville Who? game mean to a guy? Who? That other team from the okay. West? That's better. What's it? What's it mean to a guy who's not from here, and how have you learned to embrace that rivalry? It's a rivalry. It's like the Steelers and the Browns. You know, uh, gotta embrace it. You know, that other team over there, you know, they wear the opposite color of us. So. Is it safe to say you guys are the Steelers? Yeah, we still are. <laughs> <laughs> we still are. That's my team, bro. Yeah, we still are. We still are. Definitely still are. You got any message for the fans of that other team this week? Huh, stay with y'all. At. I'll jump on our bad way. I'll see y'all tomorrow, man. <laughs> I just thought that was great, shade. A little window there into uh, this rivalry. And, of course, you're a Pittsburgh Steelers man so absolutely there you go Lim Bowden in Kentucky they're the Steelers in this equation Clemson at South Carolina the Tigers favored by 26 Mm. Georgia at Georgia Tech even though there's going to be more Bulldog fans than than Tech fans we still got to say at Bulldogs favored by 29 points Mm. Alabama at Auburn Crimson Tide favored by three and a half 
Vanderbilt at Tennessee. Tennessee favored by 20. Texas A&M at LSU. LSU favored by 15. And then last but not least, Florida State at Florida. The Gators favored by 18. Man, I can every one of these damn games, even the ones with the with the big point spreads. I mean, there's going to be storylines. There's going to be plenty of reasons to watch. And yeah. I would not be stunned, Shane. I'm not going to reveal which one, but I could see one of these games with a huge point spread. I think I might pick the underdog to win outright. I think it's going to be that kind of weekend. We always, what? We always got a little bit of uh, craziness on this rivalry weekend, and I think I have may have found the one that's going to do it this year. Upset weekend, Mike. I like it. <laughs> well, I'm going 3-0 and this week, so I'm, I've got a feeling on who I'm going to pick, too, and I'm feeling pretty good right now about the situation. All right, Shay. Well, that's all I've got from our uh, Week 13 recap show. You got anything before we help off here? No. Fantastic, fantastic week. I mean, I know we just had three games, but I loved it. Okay. Um, you know, the other ones, they were fun. Don't get me wrong. I like to see a little offense and some shutouts. Those are always good, too. But, um, you know, I just think it was to let us appreciate this final week even more. Mm-hmm. Um it's sad. It is going to be a sad week because, you know, I did see some upset Arkansas fans, you know, that, that are rock bottom, man. And they think, you know, they see things like Tennessee on this rebuild finally starting to happen and they're, they're wanting a little piece of the pie. And I'm telling you, man, it's, it's coming. It happens. It's, it's a freaking wheel. Some, some folks wheels are bigger than others and you're on the bad spot a lot longer, but just hang in there. There's going to be good times, you know, mm-hmm. but the sad part is a lot of seasons end Saturday. So if you're a Arkansas fan, if you're a, a potential Ole Miss or Mississippi state fan, you know, depending on which way it goes or South Carolina, it's the last time you get to watch some of these seniors play. So if you have an opportunity to get out there uh, and, and watch these guys do it, um, you know, because they gave four years, you know, for your university. And, you know, we'll send them out on a good note. You know what I'm saying, Mike? Absolutely, Shane. That was well said. So that's going to do it for this one. And you made it this far. Please don't forget, give us a five-star written review on Apple Podcasts. We'll send you a beer koozie, Shane, yeah. for free. It's all we're looking for is a review. So uh, we appreciate those as well. And that's going to do it for this one, Shane. Thanks for joining me as always. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. We'll catch you on the next one. All right. See you guys. Go Vols. Oh, eligible.